they talk my shit, I'm fine, fine I'm LeBron with the heat, I'm D-Rose in his prime Now tune in the story time, junk in the trunk, but don't so drunk Bad bitch on Broadway, bring in that noise, bring in the funk So lean with it, rock with it, scream when I'm dropping it Kicked his grills on, so now he blinging when he topping it top, top of the line, top of the pole, top of the charts Give me the dough and I'ma get lit, I'ma get turned Shorty get low, she hit a vibe, she get on live and get on the flow Camera on, watch a GoPro, ass on the air, that's brain mode Getting money, that's bank roll, she want the first, that's tank mode Go big, go, go big, go, watch it drop it low, look a big go The stuff. Maybe go throw me a party at 6 in the morning on top of a memory bus Ugly the word on the other side, so what a tragedy I keep my energy up, it's no more bombada, cool no matata Electrical downing a Hennessy cup I've been getting wasted Drinking strong, but I still like the way it tasted On the roof, I feel the bounce inside the basement Had the fire, breathe it in rotation Like a motivation I've been getting wasted Drinking strong, but I still like the way it tasted
nigga, I swear I hate this job. All I do is sit here and pick up phones all day. See? There's somebody go right now. Hold on. Hello? Yeah, sure. I'll put you through yeah. right now. One minute. Yeah. I am not doing this shit for no hobby. I promise they ain't on my body. She pulling up to the crib uninvited. She gon' get up in the lobby.
Things you gotta talk about. Some things are better left unsaid, but I'ma say it though. Then it's all for you, then it's all for me. But I'm depressing you fall. Tell me why you gotta do me so cold. Do my right and take a step to the right. You get left out of spite. Tell me why you gotta do me so cold. There's no doubt if I rock with you, I ride with you. It's the motto that I live by, it's God given. I never fake, cause if I'm with you, I'm always there. You make the call about the fold, then my hand is near. I never waver, but to me it's not reciprocated. By the ones who need it most for me to run and save it. Captain Saber, hope more like go save a bro. But when the bros are not a bro, they get left alone. So fuck them, cause when it's real smoke, I'm never ducking. And I mean what I say.
say, no, I'm never bluffing. They know it, cause when it's on, they was dead for it. But on the good side, it's bad, now they can't ignore it. You not exempt from the consequences of dumb shit. Playing stupid games, surprises what it come with. So why you change on me? And why you hate on me? Yeah, why you play with me? I'm still the same old genius on for you. And it's all for me, but I'm depressed you fall. Tell me why you gotta do me so cold. Am I right to take a step to the right? You get left out of spite. Tell me why you gotta do me so it's all for you. And it's all for me, but I'm depressed you fall. Tell me why you gotta do me so cold. Am I right to take a step to the right? You get left out of spite. Tell me why you gotta do me so cold. You needed me, made it seem I needed you. But you blind to the fact, and it's clear it's never true. That's who these motherfuckers showing up with their hands. Me being me, I try to help them see they plan out Me, I give them names, and me, I show them games It's me who go get played when they see a little fame Dog, I blow this whole shit up, there's nothing to rebuild I really don't care, so the snakes should have chilled I put them on ice, if they thinking that it's cool They push me to the edge, not thinking I will move You the company you keep, I sell this shit solo You only had a ticket, you can't sell this cruise no more I'm done with all that brother talk, save it for the other side Run his day forward we equal to them other guys, it's fuck how you feel So save it for the bitches, make it quite clear You never cross this bridge again It's all for you, and it's all for me But I'm depressed you fall Tell me why you gotta do me so cold Am I right to take a step to the right? You get left out of spite Tell me why you gotta do me so It's all for you, and it's all for me But I'm depressed you fall Tell me why you gotta do me so cold Am I right to take a step to the right? You get left out of spite Tell me why you gotta do me so cold, so cold, 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 I remember 
Was a quarter way before my fame Crossed that water, I was a kid Skate key, scalzies Games before bed, Super Nintendo Sega Genesis, like Big said Uh, you know what was cool Those hot days, the block came out We used the fire hydrant as I pulled Mom put us in day camp We didn't stay in the streets Bowling, the Bronx Zoo Everything we did was sweet Without an ounce of stress and no bills to pay My only worry was getting in trouble and what games to play We didn't have FaceTime, we had curfew We didn't have cell phones, we were too young to Know anything other than having fun I used to ring the doorbells of neighbors Then I would run, I was bad Freeze tag, laser tag, stealing sticker magnets Off the back of cabs just for laughs Oh man, I remember Bring 
and all the dough If you lose, you're on your own But if you win, they bring the throne It's where they are When there's nowhere you can go Don't you flinch and don't you fold Stand there toe to toe So Snapple Fact, No did a reel to try to promote this, this song, right? Where he stubbed his toe and <laughs> literally later that day, running after Mello, I fucking stubbed my toe and I just thought of the song automatically. <laughs> I'm glad it's relatable. And now you know? I can never forget the song, mind you, even though Mike had drilled it into my head the moment it came out. <laughs> That's awesome. That's how you know you got a good man. Yeah, nah, he takes care of me. Yo, shout out to MLM Entertainment. This is like the last of our <laughs> MLM takeover. MLM production takeover. The Raw Zone all of February. It's lit. We had the Super Bowl. We had all of this good shit. We had pizza. You know, what What more could we have right now? But of course, as per usual, it's your homegirl, Ivy. We're here with our guest today. No. You can catch us everywhere at www.rawzonenyc.com. Mondays, 8... Oh, no, not 8 p.m. Shit. Uh, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube and Twitch, since we no longer stream from our website. But you can catch past episodes on our website. You can catch us Tuesday on... Oh, my God. That was the wrong one. Sorry. Tuesday on Elgin Sound Radio. Live on the Live 365 app and on our website, www.rawzonenyc.com at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Then we head to Ohio early in the morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time with Pulse 82.3 FM. Artists, if you want to get paid for your music to be aired on the radio, you do your research. Like, you can actually get paid for that. Hit a promo guide and she'll show you the way. Ask about Pulse 82.3 FM promotion packages and more. Tell them Katie K sent you. We are powered by Bold and Luscious Cosmetics. Shop Bold with Raw Zone. If you didn't get your girl a gift for Valentine's Day, I feel sorry for you, dog. <laughs> you got 99 problems, but a gift is definitely one of them. <laughs> Go shop Bold with Raw Zone. Use the code RZ15 off. Tell them Katie K sent you. My 420 head, while you listen to this interview, I hope you're using Just Blaze Organic Hemp and living the high life with us. I mean, we're currently sober at the moment, but, you know, we'll be getting high later. So use Just Blaze Organic Hemp. Follow them on Instagram. Tell them Katie sent you. Whew. Without further ado, I'm not going to even act like we're the same age because you already confirmed you're like <laughs> at least 10 years younger than me. Yeah. So... We here with the young boy originally from New Hampshire. That's right. Made his way to Jersey. I don't know why. <laughs> hey, it's a long story. You know, uh, I was in New Hampshire for like 17 years of my life. It, and then does literally, suck? does it suck in New Hampshire? Yes. As a kid, no. 
um, from like ages, like, cause I moved there. I'm, I was born in like Massachusetts. So we moved to New Hampshire when I was six. Okay. Um, and then I was there from six to when I went to college. Um, and as a kid from like six to like 12, 13, it's not bad. There's a lot of room for kids to, you know, do things, playground, stuff like that. Be a kid, a lot of space going to the woods. I had like tree forts and all that stuff. So I was like in the woods a lot as a kid. Um, and then, but when you become a teenager is when, you know, you get bored, things get, you know, you get bored as teenagers, cause it's not really a lot there. So that's when teens can start to end up getting into trouble. I had a lot of friends that got involved with things they probably shouldn't have and stuff like that, just out of sheer boredom. If there's not a lot going on in the town, if there's not a constant activity, you're going to find something that is going to occupy your time, even if it's not good for you, especially when you're a teen, you're searching for purpose. So that's really what ended up happening. Um, so I would say from like six to like, 13 it's great after that like wait till retirement age there's nothing in new hampshire really to do so you left that six or you left at 13 i so i um i moved to new hampshire when i was six i left new hampshire when i was 18 to go to college i went to college in uh connecticut um yeah audio engineering yeah yeah so i went to school in connecticut for audio engineering um, got my degree there at the University of Hartford, um, which was a great experience. And it's primarily where I got my musical start, as was the University of Hartford. There was a lot of, you know. Later on, not like in your teenage years. Yeah, well, the thing is, like, every story, although the official start may have been later in life, it's a life journey yeah. in, in, its, in its whole being. So, really, my story kind of predates my birth. And what I mean by that is my father pursued music um, before I was born. He was pursuing music under the name uh, PhD, which was an acronym of Poetry Highly Dangerous. Um, so he was doing his thing in the music industry um, and he ended up uh, getting my mother pregnant with me at the time. And so he was- That was a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I'm happy I'm here. Uh, <laughs> um, and so he was left with a hard choice. He was left with a choice to decide between, do I pursue music, which could have a lot of ups and downs? You know, there's not a guaranteed income. I, there's not a guaranteed way I can support my now budding family. Or do I take the hustle that I've learned from music, from his background, you know, growing up in the inner city and stuff like that? Does he take that hustle mentality and apply it to an office job and learn how to hustle for his family in a more, um, you know, secure standpoint? Or did he do both? Um, he, he ended up pursuing uh, the, the white collar corporate America thing. Um, and hanging up his, uh, his music. Um, but he always kept his equipment. Like he didn't know why he didn't know whatever, but he kept his equipment the entire time. So as I was growing up, I would hear his CDs. I would hear these things. He introduced me to hip hop a lot. Um, showing me like a bunch of, um, old school artists. K solo was one of the biggest ones, um, that he showed me to a lot. Um, EPMD, um, that whole thing. And essentially as I got older and I was trying to find myself, um, my first equipment that I used was his microphone. I used his microphone that he used oh, when, yeah, yeah. So it came full circle. Um, it was like gathering dust in the closet and I ended up approaching him around 16, 
um, being like, you know, I, I, I need, I need something that's a greater purpose right now. I don't really know what's my stance in the world, but music is calling me. Let me try to dive into this and experiment with this. So he was like, okay, you know, I have equipment. He gave me his microphone. We, you know, I got, I did some research, got my first DAW, which was FL studio. Um, and then just started recording my voice, but I didn't start releasing until I was 18. And prior to that, I was doing spoken words. So it was like, it was a whole journey, you know, from, you know, when my dad did to when I picked it up. And yeah, so like, although my official start as note started at 18, I would say that that journey predates well before that. So. So I got to ask, because I read about the PhD part, mm -hmm. and the first thing that came to mind was, was he rapping like John Cena so <laughs> Nah, nah. Um, he was, uh, he was definitely trying to do like the, which makes sense for his, um, for, for, you know, how he grew up. He's definitely caught up in the nineties era, like gangster rap. That's, you know, where, where he grew up, how he grew up, what he was involved in when he was growing up. Like, so for him, that was him portraying, you know, his background and stuff like that. So it was like very aggressive, um, you know, uh, 90s gangster rap. Um, and yeah, that's really what he ended up doing, which is kind of ironic that he did that. And then I end up coming out like an alternative hip hop rock, you know, artist. Have you always been alternative hip hop though? Or you you kind of dabbled in the boom bap a little. Bit. I I did dabble in the boom bap a little. You know, I uh, I refell in love with hip hop. So I guess let me backtrack. So I was born in again. I'm gonna make you feel. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. Um, I was born in '98. Um, so I'm 20. <laughs> I'm 25. Gonna be turning 26 in February 26th. Um, well, at least you're not 21, like I thought you were. Yeah, yeah, you were over there. You were like, are you 21? I'm like, I'm going to mess with there right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I was, I, growing up in that era, the music that was really centered in the early 2000s was, you know, uh, like Aftermath Records. Like you had 50 Cent, you had Eminem, Lloyd Banks, G-Unit. Like I even had like a G-Unit spinning medallion. Like that's how heavy I was into it. My brother, yeah, <laughs> my brother had the G Unit sneakers. Like we were just decked out. We loved everything, you know, um, Fifty Cent, Eminem, and that whole era. I started falling out of love of hip hop after that era. It just didn't really speak to me as much. And that's when I started to fall into the alternative, you know, crowd. Um, my mom showed me Ivanescence. Um, Yes, great band, great band. Obviously, Bring Me to Life was the big record you, at the time. Did you ever hear their, so there's an, there's an album that mm -hmm. was put, I want to say, right before the pandemic, between 2018 and 2018. I was hearing that they were putting something. They put, and not an acoustic, but they put with an orchestra, they played all of their songs. That's so cool. So, like, um... My heart is broken. Yeah. Your life. Um. Don't cry. Uh. Call me when you're sober. Mm -hmm. Uh. Lacrimosa. All of the yeah. biggest hits. Yeah, yeah. Played with an orchestra band. That that's beautiful. You know. Yeah. Hear the original version of how 
bring me to life where uh-huh. it's supposed to be because at that era, they, she didn't even want dude from Lincoln Park to be in it. Mm. She wanted it to just be her, but because of the era, the era that it was, yeah, they put him in. But when you hear the song without him, with just the, mm-hmm. her voice, it is so powerful. Is it on like YouTube or something? Yeah, like, it, where can I? If yeah, you look up Synthesis from Evanescence. Okay, it's it's like uh like their greatest hits on crack. <laughs> That's he, awesome. Like, I never was so impressed, mm-hmm. but it also shows that Amy Lee is fucking godlike. One hundred percent. She needs to be protected at all costs. Yeah, yeah. Her voice is amazing. No, for real. Um, and that's so cool that like she translated it into like its rawest form with like an orchestra, like that. That the that. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, you feel it when you hear her voice, like. You feel that emotion, that intensity. So when you hear the, oh, first off, Detroit one, I'm happy. Let's go. Um, so. <laughs> because it's pre recorded, they did not win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Just make this- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So far, they're okay. Maybe later I'll be crying. I don't know. Um, but, uh, you yeah, know, that's so cool that, uh, you know, they, they stripped it back like that and accompanied her in that way. Um, I guess to, to, to pull back, so like the alternative thing. So, uh, you know, mom showed me Ivanescence, and then as I got older, I was heavily into Linkin Park. So when Chester passed away, that, uh, yeah, um, that, that one really hit hard for me. Um, and then through high school, I had a friend um, named Joy um, that really pushed me in that direction uh, because growing up, I was oftentimes uh, bullied Um New Hampshire is a primarily uh, white state. It's actually, ironically enough, I think one of the top 10 whitest states in the country. Yeah. Um, so me being biracial at that time, I was oftentimes targeted. Um, you know, I was even called like the N-word on the bus once by like this random white kid and all that stuff. So it was oftentimes targeted. I didn't understand all that stuff. Um, and then the fact that I wasn't into the mainstream that also put a target on me. But I had this one friend named Joy that was like, nah, there's people like you and people like me who are into this sort of thing. Let me show you. So she showed me a bunch of new bands. Um, uh, Pierce the Veil, A Day to Remember, um, State Champs, um, Issues. Um, who else? Uh, uh, there was... Um, Sleeping with Sirens. The one they used to sing, I Just Wanna Run? Uh, Downtown Fiction. Yes, yes. So she showed me like a, a bunch of bands. And I, I fell in love with the energy. I fell in love with what they were speaking about. And most of all, I fell in love with the culture. It was a culture of people that could be accepted. Um, and in that deep dive, I ended up finding a band that inspired me to make music for myself and realize like, okay, this is what I want to do. The feeling that music is giving me of having a safe space to be able to feel like I'm part of something larger than myself. I want to do the same with my music. Um, and that band was 21 Pilots. One of the first songs, one of the first songs I heard from them was Car Radio. Um, and it was the first song that I, I picked up a keyboard um, and, and, and learned. Uh, so like that band inspired me to be like, you know what? you gave me such a safe space when I was at my lowest, you know, um, as a teenager feeling like the world is ending. You don't know what, you know, where you stand, your parents don't understand you. 
uh, you're not sure what your next step is because I, I was, um, I grew up, you know, I went into engineering. I grew up a fairly smart kid, but they wanted me to go into the medical field. I didn't want to do that. I was into the arts, you know, um, they also were pushing me towards football. I grew up playing football. I, mean, I wasn't, I yeah, yeah. I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't a five-star athlete. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they killed it. Um, but I wasn't a, a five-star athlete either. And, but what did give me a spot was, was, uh, was music. So the fact that that did that for me, that's my inspiration for everything I do, you know, with what I do in my music is to make, you know, people feel heard and create a larger community, um, and a home for people that might not have, you know, a home or a place that they can, uh, feel heard, you know? So I can definitely relate to the being bullied part and listening to all that music. Do you wish there was more resources mm -hmm. like they have now since bullying has been such a major topic? Yeah. You know, don't you wish that they kind of used some of that stuff for us back then? A hundred percent. I think a lot of people back then, the mindset was like, oh, being bullied is a rite of passage um, that, you know, you look at the major heroes in the world, especially the one of the one of the biggest one in the world right now, which is awesome growing up as a Spider-Man kid. But like Spider-Man, you look at Peter Parker, like he was bullied. He was the nerd shoved in lockers, all that stuff. Um, and he was a superhero that everyone adored. Like, you could grow to be something bigger than yourself. Um, so, like, they did try to tell that story and just try to tell you to, like, buck up and persevere. Um, especially when you're a dude and you're not really able to express emotion. Like, you're being picked on. Well, then punch him in the face. Well, And you don't understand why you're, yeah, you're feeling like this either. Exactly, exactly. And not knowing, like, the fact that the reason I was being targeted was primarily because of the way I looked. Um you know, being a mixed kid in a predominantly white area, um, I was just being targeted. And I didn't know because you're like six, seven years old. Then all of a sudden, another seven-year-old calls you the N-word. And it's like, that's wild. I mean, unless you you tell them you're biracial, no one, I didn't know. I read about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you just remind me of another yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Even know at six, seven years old, you're they, 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 well, you know, one, like I, I played sports in the town. Um, one, most likely from their parents. I guess I'll start there. Most likely from their parents because there were some passive things they did in that in that town. Like you know, so me and my family would roll up at whatever function, and there was like two, maybe three black families in the entire town. And they would instantly say, oh, do you, do you know the Robinsons? And we'd be like, who are the Robinsons? And this is the only other black family, you know? Um, so they, they did passive things like that. Like, so my assumption is that whatever was being talked at at home is what was carried on with the child. Because no child speaks that way. Yeah, no, no, no child knows that. Racism is in genetic it's it, it's, it's taught it's a top behavior 100 percent um but yeah on, on the resources like i do wish there were some resources back then but i understand for the time people again saw it as a rite of passage you're either gonna punch them in the mouth or you're gonna be bullied the rest of your life so um I, I was a fighter i was a fighter when i was in a, in elementary school um i was a big fighter i i, I 
basically had to fight my way through elementary school. I, I, I would like to think I did with my tiny, you know, you fourth have, grade fist. Did you have the spikes with it? No, nah, I, <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't about that just yet. Wasn't about that just yet. But, um, yeah. And, the, but then I fought so much that I was told like, oh, if you continue to react and respond this way, um, you could end up with like a record um, with the school system and with the police system that could prevent you from, you know, going to high school like you're a smart kid, like this isn't that, but that could stop you from doing those things. So I was like, okay. If you feel that way, why didn't you protect me? A hundred percent. That's the school's job. That's a, yeah. And even up to today, right? Mm -hmm. It is the school's job when you go there at seven, eight o'clock in the morning to yeah. make sure you're safe. Yeah. A hundred percent. And these kids are getting bullied. Mm -hmm. And then we're talking about college true. Don't get it wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Bullied. Um, God forbid you remember the kid in Rutgers that mm -hmm. got caught. Like, they, they, he was caught having gay sex and oh, he filmed him. And he yeah, yeah, and he offed him, yeah. Okay, or you have the kids that will get bullied, like the one in the Bronx. Mm -hmm. They didn't know how to hold a gun, but somehow mm -hmm. managed to bring a gun to school. Yeah. And shoot someone's head off, and he's the one that's arrested after yeah. police. Yeah, yeah. They have guidance counselors, but they don't talk about... Like, we know now about mm -hmm. mental illness. 100%. we suffered all the generational trauma that exactly. came with the bullshit. Yeah. And now we have, like... Not saying we have um, but like bipolar yeah. disorder, mm -hmm. borderline personality mm -hmm. traits, um, high levels of anxiety, mm -hmm. depression, mm -hmm. and you're normalizing it now. But back then, for our parents, when mm -hmm. that shit was voodoo, and yeah, it was voodoo. <laughs> you here crying your fucking eyes out, but the school did not fucking do nothing about it. Yeah, nah, uh, you you were either told to essentially, I was told to either Suck buck up. up or shut up. Like either are you gonna are you gonna punch him in the mouth and suffer the consequences, or are you gonna essentially you know just try to ignore it to the best of your ability? And that that's that was like their response was like, oh, so just ju 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 just ignore because if you give a reaction, that's what they want. So then I was like, okay, I was told to not to give a reaction. So I didn't. So I bottled a lot of that in. Um, and it ended up essentially segueing me, you know, through high school. I bought a lot of that in. And there was a moment, I, I can't remember the moment specifically. So even back then, like, I guess it didn't really even matter. But when you're a high school kid constantly being antagonized, it feels like a lot. Um, and so I had this one friend that... I was like, okay, I'm having the worst day. Like, I'm con like, I, I failed my test. You know, I have no friends. I have no this. You know, m my girl at the time like left me for another dude. Like all this stuff. Um, and so, but I had one friend that was gonna that that was always there for me. And so I made like a joke on the bus. Um, and he didn't respond. He actually got mad at me. And it was, for some reason was like a trigger for me. Yeah. And I ended up being like, I need to leave the situation. And I ended up punching the bus window and it shattered in my lap. And the sense of relief that I felt, but the sense of panic right after was insane. Um, the good thing is that I think in that moment, and I bring it up for this reason, I think in that moment, that's when the school system and my parents realized their response of just ignore was not enough. Um, because how my, my father responded was actually saying, one, let's make sure you're not expelled. <laughs> um, that, you know, one, let's figure that out Two, Why did you do it? And what do you need? 
And I told him I had no outlet. And so that's when he went out and he bought me my first keyboard. That's when the whole music thing really started. That's when he grabbed the microphone and said, okay, you've been writing poetry. You're really into music. Like, you know, like dad, I want to write, I want to write music. So he got me my, my keyboard and that was his response to it. And the school even saw that and was like, you're such a quiet and reserved kid and such a nice kid to everybody that I'm surprised that's why you felt you needed to respond that way. Um, so they also supported my arts. They actually pushed me into other clubs and stuff like that. And I guess that's why I say like, I wish and I hope, and I'm happy to see that there are programs out there for people who do feel outcasted. They can go to creative writing courses. They can go to, you know, these groups and stuff like that where they they feel like there's a community and there's a home. Um, I know not many people may not have the response that my father had, but I always hold, I'll always hold high respect for him that that, that was how he responded. He did not, well, he did yell at me. <laughs> And then, and then like he shredded me pretty hard. Um, but then responded with, okay, but just by shredding you, you're not going to learn anything from this. So what can I do to put you on the right path? And music was that, and it, it's, it's been everything to me ever since. Like if you ever see me perform, like I black out because that's, that's where all the energy that I hold inside. I'm a very calm, cool and collected kid, but that's where all the energy that I hold inside is released, is in the record, is in the performance and all that stuff. And, and I think people see it. Um, it's very passionate performance. Like, I love performing for that reason. You know, not to say I didn't connect both with Lady Bree and Mick, but when searching you, honestly, I mm -hmm. felt more connected towards you. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why, you know, when life hits you, mm -hmm. became such a... Like, it's in my playlist. It's not going nowhere. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, you know, I, going back on mental health, I come from a very strict Greek family. Mm -hmm. that didn't understand the concepts of mental health. Mm -hmm. right? So when I was seven, my dad passed away from cancer, and my whole family oh. pretty much hid it from me. Oh, like, wow. Like, his whole diagnosis, you know. So you being a kid and then out of nowhere your dad just gone. He just gone. Yeah. Like he's here talking to you the night before on some like I need you to remember to take care of your family. This and that you not understand. You need oh yeah. To, to him that was his goodbye, but to you you're just you like, okay. Know, yeah. Yeah, yeah of course. Cool. Of course. You know, and I could always recall like my my teacher that I'm still cool with up until this day, right? Mm -hmm. Always said I became after that I became very reserved. Mm -hmm. Until someone Someone called me a fucking orphan and I flipped. Of course. Mind you, my mom is alive, but she's yeah. always working. Yeah, so she had to provide for me. Yeah. So I got mad. Mind mm -hmm. you, this kid's still one of my close like he was one of my closest friends for a long time. Mm-hmm. Kind of punched him and almost pushed him down the stairs. Yeah. And right. like, a fair did, response. I was like, What did why did you do that? I'm like, because he's called me an orphan because my daddy died and my mm -hmm. mommy's not there for me. Yeah. Like and instead of, because I went to a Greek school, instead of teaching mm -hmm. me what I did wrong, mm -hmm. I was condemned. Like, you know, your daughter's on the verge of suspension, you know, calling, yeah. child services, because my mom did some, no. no. But your, your job, like, they put me to these fucking therapy courses. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. We were playing board games. What the fuck is playing a board game? Yeah, it's not going to do anything. Like, it's I'm, not going to fix it. I'm sitting here with kids whose parents <laughs> died, and I'm just sitting here like, at, 
how is this benefiting mm -hmm. for all of that i'd rather just be in school doing yeah what I do. yeah i was taught that mm -hmm. when something happens mm -hmm. and at that point everyone was just telling me yo be there for your mom mm -hmm. take care of her yeah that was but who was there for you nobody exactly essentially exactly and that was a constant through life now had we had mm -hmm. those people to teach us this mm -hmm. like you got lucky you had your dad yeah give you an outlet yeah me i picked up a camera but I was doing it not knowing that was my outlet. Mm -hmm. I was just surviving, mm -hmm. you know, because one thing always happened after another, yeah. after another, after yeah. another. And that's why when, like, you know, I could understand where you come from, where life hits you, because mm -hmm. I wish I could understand more of it when you're not screaming on it. <laughs> but I love it regardless, because I am a rockhead. Mm -hmm. I'm that one white girl in the fucking in independent community. You know, mm -hmm. now if you look at my Devil's Work playlist, you got uh, ranging from fucking... Mm -hmm. A day to remember to Kanye West to fucking Neo. Like, it's such That's a so cool. weird fucking playlist. But it'll be the one thing I listen to. Yeah. But I cannot connect nowadays with some of the new music. Mm -hmm. Like, the R&B. Likewise. Like, the R&B is cool. Like, like, when I feel toxic. <laughs> yeah, you gotta itch your toxic bone every now and then. Know, yeah. You listen to the, like, I'm a big weekend fan. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, wow. And then this. Like, oh wow! I, I, that's like I yeah. I had my obsession phase and met him four times. Mm. Um, that's so cool. I listen to Tiana Taylor, like really good R and B. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. You know, I'm a sucker for Capella Gray. I'll admit that's where my toxicness comes from. <laughs> I, I'll listen to it, but nothing really connects like your music. I appreciate music that. That really talks to people because they understand where you come from. Mm -hmm. I'm just a fucking weirdo in the middle of fucking hip hop scene, but <laughs> no, like you're where where you stand is very important. It's very telling because, like, I I this is what I like to say is that like yes, you have these pop artists and like people do listen to like these pop artists because they got major push. But the people that really hold the back of the music industry is the independent scene and the millions of independent artists and creatives and people surrounding the independent artists and music with its media and all that stuff that hold the backbone of the scene. Because what you'll notice is that artists like us will make music that will create a uh impact and a response and then the industry instead of rewarding that what they'll do is they'll co-opt it and then now it's a big you know pop record and stuff like that but they don't compensate or care for like the independent artist you know what i'm saying so like artists like us we do hold it down and i do think it's very important to take care of your local scene because your local scene is what creates the greater scene you know what i'm saying like I never thought I'd be doing this. Like, I thought I'd honestly be a photographer forever. Mm -hmm. And thought that would be my only hustle outside of my mm -hmm. five, right? But more so with the pandemic, I think Raw... Like, I technically not only did Raw Zone digitally, mm -hmm. I took DTF Radio that was in Brooklyn before mm -hmm. I moved to Florida. Mm -hmm. And I kept it surviving through the whole pandemic by using StreamYard. Mm -hmm. You know... And I kind of learned from there that was like my, uh, that was my outlet. I thought it was always photography. Mm -hmm. You know, photography is such a major part of my life because my uncle, my two uncles introduced me to it. Mm -hmm. um, I was in Greece when my uncle, God bless his soul, yeah. he took out one of those 
big bulky cancel. Yeah. Yeah. We're in the middle of Corfu in Greece. He's here recording. I'm like, oh, what the fuck is that? That's so big. It's yeah, crazy. it's huge. You know, my mom got sick back in 2006. And mm-hmm. I was staying with her brother. Mm-hmm. You know, my uncle was my dad. My other uncle that died was my dad. Yeah. And unfortunately, like, my uncle, uh, that uncle that I'm talking about now, he gave me my first digital camera because I had too many goddamn disposable cameras. <laughs> And he, like, gave me an outlet. He also gave me somewhere to sleep because mm. I was ditching school trying to go home. Yeah. You know, so he gave me my way to find a footing mm-hmm. in life mm-hmm. because nobody else was seeing it. Yeah. And for some reason, the strictest person I know mm-hmm. was the one low-key taking care of me. And I didn't realize it because I thought he was just being an angry old man. Yeah. You know, but you guys gave like artists like yourself mm-hmm. makes um and all the artists i've interviewed over the last six years gave me such a a purpose because yeah. you know how many times i went to cancel this shit <laughs> well i said i I'm... think from the first st- radio station to dts i was like nah fuck this shit i'm not doing this no. mm-hmm. fuck this no yeah a couple of artists were yo do you not understand how you're helping people right yeah now? you're making a huge impact because like there's a lot of artists like ourselves like i say like i i grew up or was coming up as an artist in a in an interesting dynamic because i was which kind of calls back to my my background i was too alt for the hip-hop crowd but i wasn't alt enough for like the indie crowd so like i sat in a weird vein so like a lot of shows or media outlets and stuff like that wouldn't put me on but then you would have individuals like yourself who would take the shot on an independent artist who's doing something different and creating their own lane and not trying to replicate the same flow same pattern same music same just recycled material that everyone is doing and i'm not going to name names or hate on it hey you know do what you need to do if that's your form of artistry great that's not my form of artistry and i'm glad that you know there's platforms like yourself that reward that behavior um because there's not a lot out there so i'm glad you stuck to it i am i stuck to it too because i wouldn't have known your music yeah yeah that's right that's right this moment wouldn't have happened yeah it really wouldn't have been i probably wouldn't have spent like X amount of money on podcasting. <laughs> hey, um, there's a process to everything. It was worth it. I, I can't tell if Mick was awake and he turned or if he just turned because he was tired. And <laughs> His neck was cranking or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Just like, just like locals. <laughs> um, but I understand after you telling more into your story yeah. why you wrote when life hits you yeah because no one realizes what happens when life really does and it's and then that's that was the point that i was trying to get across i'm so happy you you heard that and that and that was your takeaway is because you don't know when life is gonna hit you you know we all have a you know it's life we're gonna hit trials and tribulations it's gonna be a moment where we're knocked down and when it hits you, it's going to hit hard. It's going to hit really hard and in a way that you may not have been prepared for, or at least you didn't think you were prepared for, that you could get past it. Um, and you just got to be willing to stand up and fight back and, and not give up because at the end of the day, 
like you are still here. You do have the strength to fight back. You do have the strength to keep going, whether or not you think you do. Um, you do. It just might take time. Um, so be prepared and and keep pushing and keep fighting. Is was was the message I was going for for sure. So going with that message, did yeah. you ever think of possibly maybe being an advocate for mental health issues? A hundred percent. It's been on my like list of accomplishments I would definitely like to touch on um, and, and things I would like to, to contribute to because I think it is very important. I think mental health is one of, in my opinion, one of the most important things you, you should focus on because it, it's, a, it's an unseen wound that could last a lifetime. Um, and you might not see it when it happens when they're six, but like, you know, I have family members that, you know, something would happen when they're younger and, you know, it wasn't really dealt with in a way that they were able to heal from. And now they're 30 and they weren't able to, um, get, get over that hump. And now they're struggling with other issues that if, treated at the time and taken care of in a legitimate fashion um, could have helped them in the long run. Um, and people need to realize that mental health is not the same as like, you know, I, 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 I have a, a sickness, like I'm sick for now, like I have a cold, oh, let me take some vitamin C and I'm good. Like, no, mental health is a constant day-to-day -day battle and day-to-day um, you know, task that you need to continually check on. Um, so, you know, although you aren't okay now, that doesn't mean you won't be okay later. And although you are feeling okay now, it's still important to check up on yourself and check up on the people next to you. Um, that's the biggest thing is always check up on the people next to you. Cause you'd be surprised the amount of people that go, you know, not many people ask me how I'm doing, you know? Um, yeah. No one, I don't know about you, but no one see me. Like I, I, I ask this question a lot because mm -hmm. like, we all go through our own mental. Yeah, things. and part of me just sits there like, yo, but what would have happened if you actually saw me? Mm -hmm. And you saw my, look, for example, my brother because he died from a drug overdose. Mm. So it's like, what would have happened if you actually gave us that attention? Yeah, that we needed at, at that time. time. Everything was yeah. falling apart. Yeah, you know, would this person still be, be here? here? Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like we've had more dust in the last five years mm -hmm. than I ever had in my whole life. Yeah, and and what people at least are now starting to touch on, um, but I don't think they, I don't think anyone could really be prepared for um, was the impact COVID did have on uh, mental health um, and the loneliness that people did feel that a lot of people just weren't able to recover from um, and getting back out into society, um, like. You know, my, my fiance, um, Aria. Yeah, yeah, I'm engaged. Yeah, no, she's pretty uh she's pretty hardcore. I, I'm I'm the nice one, she's the more let me just say aggressive, not so nice. She she's um <clears throat> she's definitely the classic, like fiery Latina. Um very, very yes, yes. So um definitely definitely holds it down when I can sometimes be a little too nice. Um, and I appreciate that. It's a great balance. Um, oh, damn. Well, where was I even getting from? 
Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I know that in COVID, you know, you spend a lot of time locked in your house as a creative, like that could be like a good thing, you know, you're creating a bunch of music and stuff like that. But as things started to open up, um, you know, as an artist, you need to get back out there while the iron is hot. Everyone is excited to be outside, they want to go to everything, all that stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, my fiance, Aria, my girlfriend at the time, um, she was nervous to get back out there because there she developed a, a social anxiety because like you spend so much time away from people you're next to the same people every day all day if you do interact with people it's over zoom and now all of a sudden i'm in a room with like 50 to 100 people oh, nah, uh, I snuck out. I snuck <laughs> so i ended up doing pr for dj and i snuck out whenever i quit to go to dagman to smoke weed and yeah them dj edm yeah and i was okay with that mm -hmm. that was my getaway from this place because you know you I needed get, that? Bro, I didn't get this place until the end of the pandemic mm -hmm. because one of the tenants tried to sublease this place. Okay. Like like Airbnb type. Oh, wow. Okay. My mom found out. And since he wasn't paying rent, she just threw him out. Okay. So for like the first, because the pandemic lasted what, almost two years? Yeah, essentially. Like there, two, two and a half, there was bleed over. So yeah. So like the, the end of 2020 to 21 was like, I was trapped in a little room. Or it's all, mind you, it was my sanctuary because it was purple. Mm -hmm. It had all my books. It had mm -hmm. all everything I was Yeah. Doing. But I felt like I was locked up, bro. <laughs> I was just like, yo, I can't wait. Play some Akon real quick. Bro, I did. I did. I yeah. One time, I got so depressed. I'm locked up. No. <laughs> I had the music on. My mom goes, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I hate this fucking pandemic, bro. Yeah. I'm locked in this shit. <laughs> Yo, you're doing a two year bid. You didn't even I know. Did. I did. <laughs> and I think that's what made my mental worse. Yeah. But like, yo, you were so excited for the first couple of months of it. Just off. Oh, yeah. It was great. Like, I, and it, I know you guys were touching on a little earlier when, uh, when Brie was up here, but like, I also graduated straight into the pandemic. So, like, I, I legit, I had my senior project. I was designing a microphone. Um, and be, and, to be honest, my partners were doing nothing. So I kind of got uh, lucky with this break. Um, but, you know, there were, were inklings. Like, we went on spring break. And they were like, oh, you know, right before we went on spring break, they're like, oh, there's inklings of this sickness called COVID, this pandemic, you know, whatever. It wasn't even called a pandemic at the time. Like, it's really raging in, in, in China. And then I went on spring break. And my, they were like, oh, we're going to give you an extra week of spring break while we figure things out. So then we're like, okay, cool. Two weeks of spring break. Let's do this. That two weeks lasted like a month. And then we came back and they said all classes were online. So my senior project, I wasn't able to build a microphone. So saved me. I just had to write the design concepts of what would the microphone have been. Um, but I had to hand in my senior project over Zoom. And then I didn't get a graduation till two years later. Um, it's funny, right? Because I did my master's online. Yeah. Because I had that when I went from my master's, I literally broke my arm like two weeks prior. Yeah. So that gave, sucks. Yeah, but they gave me like extensions and because like, mm -hmm. I only type with one hand. I hate the voice to talk shit because I mm -hmm. have a list. Mm -hmm. so, I, so it doesn't track you that it well. It doesn't track me that well, and I'll say like mozzarella, and I'll say masa motherati. Yeah. So I'm just like, Maserati. fuck this shit. <laughs> yeah. 
for my alma mater because I went away to Iona College for mm-hmm. my bachelor that did history and communication. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I, because the alumni were always very much well informed mm-hmm. about what's going on. Mm-hmm. So I didn't take this whole, oh, the pandemic seriously because March 14th of 2020, mm-hmm. they called me to come into work on a Saturday because at that time I was just like a group lead. I wasn't in yeah. the role I am now. So they're like, oh, we need some people here. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll call, I'll come, I'll make these calls, talk about program being over for a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh. Oh, look, he awoke. Yeah. So they, I learned something was wrong when I learned I couldn't leave the block. Yeah. Yeah, and that was more troubling for me because I had just started working in the Bronx three weeks ago, mm-hmm. three weeks prior. Yeah, no trains are running at all. Yeah, I didn't have my boyfriend at the time who mm-hmm. drove. Like mm-hmm. we didn't, we didn't know each other until yeah. a year later. Okay, and I'm like, yo, how the fuck am I gonna go? Yeah, my alma mater now. <laughs> we had this portal. <coughs> I'm so sorry. No, you're okay. We had this portal. How we connect with yeah. everyone. The school is shut down. Everyone is being evacuated. No one could get their shit for about a mm. year. They had to leave the dorms. As they were that hardcore with you. Wow. Not with me. Yeah. I was. I had already graduated. At the oh, point, okay. But they were seeking like alumni assistance mm-hmm. trying to help them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how can I help someone yeah. that needs to get back to California? Yeah, like there's not much you can do there. Like, I'm here making, at that time, $14 an hour. Yeah. Like, it was so wild the mm-hmm. way that the world changed in an instant. Mm-hmm. That until now, like, I don't think we've ever gone back to, like, you oh, know, yeah. You stretch, the elastic stretches. Oh, yeah. It never snapped. Yeah, no, it, it definitely changed things in a way that I, that, was unseen for a little bit, but now, like, looking back, like, things are just different. Um, you know, events are different. The attitude is different. How we interact digitally is different. How we socialize is different. I mean, like, like audacity, everything. The audacity is still there in the scene. If oh, yeah. <laughs> we're going to talk about the mannerisms in the beginning was, mm-hmm. was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, we all united as an independent mm-hmm. entity, right? Mm-hmm. From the people that used to play the... the the pots and pans for these yes. social workers. Yes. To just artists talking about collabing on social media. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was beautiful. Yeah, that was a beautiful thing. Yeah. We came back from the pandemic and everyone said, fuck your couch. Yeah. Coming in thinking I could bring tons of people to every show, but you don't bring one person. Yeah. You think your shit is so much better than others. You popping people with guns mm-hmm. because, like, rest in peace, Dolph said, Mm-hmm. Homie was just playing fucking cards, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nah, the, like the the attitude definitely became like there was less patience a hundred percent after after the pandemic. Um, you know, and and I came to New York in the pandemic, so like I wasn't really privy to. Oh, you yeah, yeah, yeah. So. You went to Jersey. You you decided to live here. Yeah. So um. So I had my musical. You know start more so prior to college but it started to really pick up in college in connecticut and then i moved in with uh 
you know, my, my girl and his family and her family um, in the Bronx. So we lived there for like two years during the pandemic because we couldn't get jobs because there was no jobs to be had. Um, and so I lived in the Bronx during that time. And that's when I started first stepping out into the scene in New York was 2020, 2021. Um, you were doing like the Frank Knight shows, right? The what shows? Frank Knight shows. Frank, Frank Knight. No, no. The circle I heard a lot. About for real? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I was, um, my very first open mic, which super thankful for her. Um, her name's Deandra. Um, she saw me post a, uh, it wasn't even called an Instagram reel at the time. It's just an Instagram video of me rapping one of my songs. Um, and she, she loved it. So she invited me to her open mic. Um, and that was like in late 2020. Um, uh, they, they went by sweet D at the time. Um, but then, you know, they later became Camilla events. So big shout out to you, Deandra. Um, cause that's actually where the first time I performed Trust the Process. Um, I was, so graduated straight pandemic, haven't really got the in opportunity to interact in New York. I don't know if my music will translate in this area. I have no idea. I'm invited to this open mic, one of the first events, you know, since the pandemic and stuff like that. So there's are a bunch of people there because people were itching to get outside and I go up there and I perform trust the process and it was the most exhilarating experience in the world. So I got like a really warm welcome into New York, um, which was fantastic. Um, and I loved it, all that stuff. So I was super excited, super hungry. Uh, but then after that definitely is when I started to see some of the cracks in the scene where there was a lot of payola, like pay, pay to play, you know, pay to perform and all that stuff for platforms that didn't really have much to offer. But at the time, I, you know, I, uh, I was new to New York. So I was like, okay, this is how it should be. I guess it needs to be done. So I guess I'll do it. So I did do a lot of that. I'm not unthankful for those opportunities because it got me here. I'm never regretful of any decision I've ever made because... I trusted the process. So you see where I'm going with it. There, there's a process and method to the madness. I just knew that a step forward is a step forward. Whether it was a step forward that hurt, I can learn from it. If it was a step forward that was good, I can learn from it and replicate it. And I trusted that process that eventually I would end up in a room with someone like these people, <laughs> um, you know, Mike Loco and Migs, because um, I met them like a year, a little over a year ago. Yeah, I know they're they're <laughs> um but I met them over over a little over a year ago. Uh one of my good friends, uh Key Story, um was also an amazing artist. Yeah, I'm yes. Bronx yes. Oh, you were there? I was, I was there. I was the one wearing all black dimes, sweating to death, bouncing around with the camera. That was me. That was you? That was me. Oh, yeah. So I was there. I saw you then. That's so cool. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I, obviously we didn't know each other, but that's so cool. He's one of the people that mentioned. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I've heard the Nia. Yes. 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 Um. But uh. But yeah. So, um. Very good friend. Very talented artist. Key story had a uh, show. Um. You know, at Mercury Lounge is going to be her first headlining show. Um. We've always rolled in the same circle and stuff like that because we take care of our own. That's just what you do. We're family over here. Um. So she was like oh, you know, I need people to fill this bill. Um, would you be open to fill the bill? And I'm like, 
Uh, yes, like in Mercury Lounge, like, you know, that was one of my bigger performances at the time. Um, and I was like, yeah, let's do it. So I locked in and Lady Bree was actually the one that was on the bill. Um, and so I met Lady Bree in the green room. And then this big dude, Mike Loco, shows up. And then that dude with the green hair, Migs, walks into the room. And I'm like, who the hell are these people? Um, and, you know, I, I've just, I felt such a, a natural connection uh, to, to them. You can see the fire. You can see the passion. You can see the, the care, the desire, the teamwork, the, the family. Um, and that is energy you can't um, replicate. So I stayed very close to them um, for like the following like year. Um, and then, you know, I got to support Migs on a, on a number of shows. We became, yeah, we haven't done songs together yet. Yet is the, is the keyboard there. Um, definitely want to get some, get some songs going. Um, and I'm really excited for that. Cause I think our two styles will collaborate very, very well. Um, but I got to support him on a, on a couple of shows and, you know, Bar Frida was one of the, the biggest ones on the first Wasted show. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was where the first Wasted show was. And it was a sold out crowd. Um, so I'm super thankful for that opportunity. Um, and from there, it started to open the conversation to join the team. Because we all, again, like, it just felt natural. It felt like a natural fit. And when something feels natural, and you don't really have to think about it, because I'm an overthinker. Yeah. When I don't have to think about why I th this feels right, it, it's just right. So it opened the conversation, and I've been with MLM for like the past, officially with MLM for the past six months, but Loco has treated me like family well before that, and I'm grateful for that for sure. Yeah. So how about you introduce Trust the process for us so we can play. It. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, so this is uh, Trust the Process by myself, Note, K-N-O-W-T-E. Uh, we all have a process in this world and a goal we want to achieve. And sometimes we can try to force the change we want to see and bang our head against the wall thinking that we can force that to happen. But sometimes you got to be willing to play that long game, trust the process, and trust that you're doing the right thing. So this is what the song is about. I love the meaning behind it. Let's get this. This is Welcome to the Raw Zone on Elgin Sound Radio, Puso 82.3 FM, and of course, www.rawzonenyc.com. Let's get to this. I'm addicted to success. 
seconds relapse This time it's so deep to make a move I get to relapse I can't get comfortable, I don't know how to relapse Cause I can't just excel, I got the double excel But I graduated, no celebration in hell I don't have any time to dwell, I'm about to the hell These bars the only time that they help a sip on myself So don't hold me up, I guess you're talking business Don't just step in between cocky and confident Know that there's a difference I can back it up when you survive by some chicks when you fuck a bit Damn, know that I was there to witness your eyes I did this so I die So do not so surprised It's in your plan and I can make it in five I can't get all the signs I'm like you, I'm not blind When presented with facts that don't cover my eyes I tried to but I'm impatient Already went through almost all my savings I was taking me for this so I'm not changing I run it cause I don't fit in I'm different and flipping within I'm itching and pushing to stop the mission Who I trust to make decisions It's me, my intuition You say rappers they've been Christmas Cause I study how they did it The great sense that is why I'm sitting But the time is ticking Six, put your hands down No one can meet my limits To the very top of the effort To the strike the top of the network I'm very the pushing and tripping and double the network Every career don't have this verse I will tell you the perks, but this life is a curse I do know this works, you wanna know what hurts You don't even know the half of it You could put your all into a track and be where you're at again Well someone who doesn't care could just do it all the naps that they didn't start to wonder why you don't just give a rap But then you got a shot Okay. Look at that clean ass visual back That's here. right. Yo, we here. This is Welcome to the Raw Zone on Elgin Sound Radio and Pulse 82.3 FM. And if you feel like you're seeing this somewhere else, clearly it's not our platform. But we here with the one and only, the man himself, Note, in the motherfucking building. So, we did touch upon, mm-hmm. we did go to audio engineering school, yes. right? Yes, And as an independent artist, how has that helped you in progressing music? It's helped me a lot. Um, early on, because this independent scene, just like any business, you, you, you got to be willing to... If you want to progress, you got to be willing to look at yourself as a small business owner. And I realized that is that as a small business owner, my product being my music and my product being me, there has to be ways in which I can learn either a how to minimize costs to know how to do it myself so I can invest in other things or B um, learn how to make sure that for the vision that I want, that I translate that properly to an engineer that can do it better than I. So early on, I didn't have a lot of money for an engineer. I was a broke college student. So I had to mix and master a lot of my own stuff. Um, So it's helped me a lot in that aspect. And the best part about it is that there have been opportunities where I have gotten the the chance to work with other producers, other mixing engineers and stuff like that, or even when I'm in the studio. And I can assist and help in the session in ways that ensure that the product that I'm trying to create 
comes out the way it should, uh, while still remaining collaborative. I'm extremely a collaborative individual, but that that audio degree, although it put me into a ton no, of debt, um, I'm thankful I did it because it's helped me in my music career a ton, um, and in other ways that you know I can't even really describe. Like it's just been. It, it was a good decision in the long run, and it helped me network too. I was networking with a lot of other people like myself who were artists that were doing the audio degree because they wanted to learn how to invest in themselves as well. So I was collaborating with a lot of artists. I was collaborating with a lot of you know, aspiring producers, aspiring musicians, and stuff like that. So I got to live basically in a studio for free for four years. So it was a great decision. I, I got to really hone the craft and know what a studio session should be run like. Um, so as I transitioned professionally out of school, um, I was able to essentially close that gap that other artists might have, you know? Yeah. Question. Yeah. What do you do? Like, I'm not trying to get into your personal, but you mentioned <laughs> the debt thing. Yes. You do realize if you work in certain fields, mm -hmm. you can potentially have that erased. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I've heard of that, and one of my um, professors did that. One of my professors did that. Um, and it's just, it's not something for me. That's not a sacrifice I'm willing, willing to do. Um, you know, like, like most artists, most independent artists, you have your, you know, day job hustle. I, I think Lady Bree touched on it a little earlier where it's like, That's you know, like, Batman, depending you on know, your day job mm -hmm. hustle, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not saying what you do in music. Yeah. Race, yeah. What you do with your day job or the type of day job you have. Yeah. Can essentially wipe out all your debt yeah I, i'm definitely interested in learning more about it um the, the the job that i have now i work in uh in in engineering um as like a compliance engineer um and it allows me to work remotely so i can essentially like a city type of job or not not city so a private company um so i'm gonna look at what i can find for you hey i if i can erase my debt hey that that is seven no almost a thousand dollars more a month i can invest in my music because <laughs> i paid through the entire pandemic my yeah mom. oh you did up until april of this year because they transferred my loan and i was so mad because mm -hmm. The new service borrower that I had mm -hmm. put me in one business, one bank account, negative four hundred dollars. Yeah, because they originally told me my payments were going to be eighty-eight dollars, mm -hmm. and I filled out the right paperwork. Nope. And they switched up on they, you last they minute. Put the fucking taxes on that shit. Oh, you got paid three hundred sixty-four dollars. Yeah, no, suck my dick. I'm yeah. <laughs> so I was given a resource from my boss because I work as a like. If you're can you work for the community, you're uh not a public servant. Yeah, but there's certain there's certain jobs, yeah, that, that essentially can, if you work there for an X amount of time, I think like certain amount it's of absolved hours. Yeah, I, like right now they say I get I pay zero dollars a month and mm -hmm. it's gonna go like that mm -hmm. until Yeah done. Yeah. Yeah, you get forgiven and it's absolved. So And you should look into that because College sucks. Like college is great for the experience. hundred percent. Like I got, I got fucked up. <laughs> I, I I went on adventures. 
I've had hangover moments, and I still got a, a three eight in oh, good for my you. bachelor's, and I got a four zero in my master's. So good for but the you. The master's I got to do from home. That's good. So then I just made a little, I, 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 I fucked all this shit up. <laughs> I had a little bit different, a different of a college experience because I, I was, you know, I, I was just locked into the studio. Like I, I didn't really go to parties that much. I didn't do anything crazy. I just, I, I went to class. And then if I wasn't in class, I was in the studio. If I wasn't in the studio, I was with my girlfriend. And if I wasn't with my girlfriend, I was working. Yeah, like I, I was just so dialed in. It was either music, school, or girl. That was it. I did all of that. I just still made time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hold on. So now that you're working mm-hmm. with MLM, mm-hmm. um, what have you learned so far? Mm-hmm. Um, being a part of the team, I've learned because I'm also very much a reserved individual what you sort of see here with the paint and nails the bright red and all that stuff thank you so much um this is a new confidence that i've had um i've learned that you really got to carry yourself um not even like the part because that means you're playing something you're not but you got to carry yourself like you are it like you should be the one with the center of attention in the room. Um, not not with a sense of like superiority over anyone because, uh, you know, you don't want to be an a-hole. Uh, but with a sense of, you know what, I've earned my spot here and you can't take that away from me sort of attitude. Um, that That's one of the definitely the biggest things I, I, I've learned thus far because, you know, I as I was brought on and even before I was brought on officially, I was kicking around with Migs a lot. And just seeing the way he walked into certain rooms and sort of attention that he was able to grab, I was like, you know what? I, I want to walk in with that sort of confidence. I want to walk in like, you know what? I do belong here. Because the majority of my life, like we've touched on, there have been places I don't belong, I don't belong, I don't belong. And I didn't realize how much I carried that chip on my shoulder. And although that chip on my shoulder uh, has inspired what I think is great music, what has inspired great opportunities and performances. Yeah. Um, that chip on my shoulder, I think it doesn't necessarily need to be a thing of the past, but it needs to be something that I, I, I accept and move forward from. Um, and that's one of the definitely the biggest things I've learned. So I, I, I'm experimenting a lot more in my sound uh, from, a, from a confident standpoint. Um, and I'm definitely placing myself in rooms with a lot more confidence of you can't tell me I don't belong here. So how long it took you to get those sea legs, you know, have that confidence. It's it's an ever growing process because as we evolve and as MLM grows and as I grow as an individual, uh, you get into bigger and bigger rooms. And sometimes you could be standing next to somebody who's you know worked on some crazy record that went on to win some sort of Grammy or accolade or whatever, and but you're still in the same room, so. It's it's constantly like checking yourself like, okay, you may have you may have done this accolade, but I'm in the same room with you. That means I do belong here. I've earned my way to be here. And it's constantly sort of reminding yourself until it becomes second nature. Um, at least for myself at this moment, it's constantly reminding myself that I did earn my spot um, until it becomes second nature. So for me, it's it's just a constant reminder, really. It hasn't been something that, has fully established, 
But I think as 2024 goes on, as I continue to work with Loco um, and the rest of the, you know, MLM crew, uh, it will be something that, like, I'll be a whole different breed for sure. I'm definitely still in my evolution. You, you're not a Super Saiyan Broly yet. <laughs> no, nah, nah, I got the big hair, but it ain't golden <laughs> just yet. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so I got my last couple of questions. Yeah. Then we can finally do the folder too. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um... What was it like to, like, because we're not, you know, we talk about you being the alternative life, mm -hmm. but you did some big things. Yeah. So we're not going to forget that. You opened for Davey. You yes. opened for Cameron. What the fuck was that like? It was really, really cool because I, I did a um, an artist showcase uh, for this uh, uh, promoter um, at the time, and they, I did end up winning. Um, the, the, the winning spot went to some Justin Bieber wannabe, so... Oh, he ended up like taking his shirt off and all the girls swoon and I guess that was a thing. Um, but the second place person um, was Key Story. That's where I met her, was that artist showcase. Uh, but nonetheless, um, I did that artist showcase. They really rocked with me. They saw that I had um, a, a, a really good backing in Hartford because um, it was at the Webster um, in Hartford. And so they were like, hey, you know, we're doing this show for Cameron on the big stage, you know, we rocked with your performance. You didn't win, but you're kind of like the people's choice in a way. Like we, we, we personally no, rocked like with that you. One is because he, had, he showed his ass. Basically. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> exactly. Um, so they were like, yo, you know, would you be open to this opportunity? I was like, I don't know if my music will translate, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. No matter what, like I'm going to go for it. And that's always been my attitude um, is if you give me an opportunity, nine times out of 10, I'm going to take it because I love the challenge. I love being able to find somebody at the show who has their arms crossed and sort of judging you and eyeing you up and down and sizing you up and have them go from this to this where they're unfolded. So they're open to it. So now their hand is up and they're rocking with it. Um, so that was the opportunity with the Cameron show is... I, I went up there, I opened, uh, first off, Cameron was like hours late, so the DJ had to spin for like hours. So he was like hours late, but you know, I went on, I put my all into it, and the amount of people that just went up to me after I came off the stage and was like, yo, I really rock with you, like, like there was one person that even said like, I came for Cameron, but like, I'm, I'm good. Like I can go on, like, if he doesn't show up in the next like half hour, like your performance did it for me. Like I'm good. And that was just such a gratifying feeling. It was so exciting. Um, that's great. And I love that too, because I would probably be more satisfied watching you perform the camera. <laughs> Thank you. But if I paid money for Cameron, Cameron <laughs> you should, though, yeah, yeah. He was super late. Um, I think they had to pay some like extra fees to the, to the, uh, venue because they ran over time. Um, and stuff like that. So he was super late. Um, the Davies opportunity was also similar vein, same promoter, that whole stuff. They liked what I did with the Cameron show. It was some time since last I worked with them. They saw me evolving as an artist. So they're like, I know you don't live in Hartford anymore, but like, could you still come out? Um, and I was like, yeah, of course. So then I came out, I did that show. I got to meet Dave East after the show, which was super cool. Um, got to talk with him and, you know, he's just a really down to earth kind of guy, um, which you realize that like these people, they may feel bigger than life, but like 
they are normal people just like us that were once in our shoes. So he was, you know, very open and welcoming to the fact that, like, so I walked up to him. I was like, you know, like, I opened for you. Da, da, da. He's like, oh, you did? He's like, oh, how'd it go? Like, he was chatting me up. He's like, yo, keep going. Da, 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 da. Um, and yeah, it was just a really, really cool experience from top to bottom to support these artists and gain fans in rooms that you wouldn't really expect me to gain fans from because I'm more of an alternative, you know, alternative guy. See, you make it for us, us, like, this is the year, I've always said, this is the era where um, the oddballs succeed. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure we could play Pretty Flash or White Guy somewhere and we'd be like, like right now. But um, it's good. Like, I love traditional Mm hip-hop. Like, I'll listen to it. But I grew up as a rocker kid. Yeah. You know, I wasn't allowed to listen to Mm hip-hop. Shit, I wasn't allowed to listen to rock or watch wrestling. But I had to do that shit on the (laughs) road. So to hear now that, in a way... Both of my world are integrated mm-hmm. into one. It's such mm-hmm. a great feeling to those that like the rock music. Mm-hmm. But they get discriminated against because they like hip-hop too. Yeah, yeah. No, it's really cool because you see that, you know, and, and this was one of the... F- from my standpoint, I find this really cool. I know a lot of tried-and-true hip-hop heads are not so happy with this statistic. But I think, what was it, last year was the first time hip-hop had a decline in popularity since, like, its inception. But um, it's crazy, right? Because last year was the 50th anniversary. Of yes, it was the 50th anniversary. So you got to respect the history um, and all that stuff and all the accolades and accomplishments and cultural phenomenon that became a worldwide phenomenon. Um, you definitely got to respect all that. But at the same time, and this, this is what happens, you know, a genre rises and a genre falls or settles. What I'm noticing is that hip hop isn't, isn't gone or the essence you mean. Yeah, the essence of hip-hop isn't gone or being eradicated or anything of that. It's just showing in a different form. And I'm noticing that a lot of these artists, like you look at like Lil Uzi, people would see him as a, as a hip-hop artist, but he's like, nah, I'm a rock star. He would always say, I'm a rock star. That's who I am. And he presents himself like a rock artist, but he's hip-hop primarily. And Lil Uzi got my respect for the Nakamura song. <laughs> yeah, no, he uh, he, he's one of the main ones that definitely is pushing it towards that way. And then even if the in that in the sound, it's not entirely rock. In the presentation, it is. Mm-hmm. So you look at somebody like like Doja, like he, she dresses extremely alternative from from time to time, and like so the rock element, the 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 where hip hop is going. It's transitioning and combining with other genres. And people are really, I think, they're hungry for it. But I also feel like it's going back to roots, right? Yeah. When I say by roots, like, I took a music appreciation course back in college a long time ago. And they said the original Mm -hmm. basis of rap came from rock and roll. 100%. A lot of the music we heard was taken from samples of rock and roll a hundred percent yeah and and because of that they don't want the hip-hop era Mm -hmm. does not want to recognize that Mm -hmm. but they need to because like run dmc like they 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 did a bunch of rock 
yeah, they did a bunch of rock records. And like, there's a bunch of hip hop artists who are inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like, it. it when Eminem made it a couple of years ago, I'm not gonna lie. I stand out. I fucking geek stuff. Yeah, I yeah. Yeah. I don't understand why they put Mariah Carey though. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't pay too much attention to that. I, I once I saw M was there, I was like, okay, this is legit. Yeah. Like I was looking at the lineup, and no lie, like I'm happy Biggie made it last mm -hmm. year. Um, like once those classics hit the 25 years, it's really well. Mm -hmm. It's really great to see mm -hmm. them actually get the recognition they deserve 100 percent. i still don't get why the fuck mariah carey got into that stuff, <laughs> yeah that that that's a weird like who did yeah. you sleep with mariah or oh no <laughs> like what did you do bro like, yeah what yeah i haven't heard anything from her besides every december when all i want for christmas plays over and over and over again I really feel like this year, for some reason, mm -hmm. that shit started way before December. Oh, it did. I, I, I was, I was returning um, some stuff from Amazon, uh, you know, at a store in the mall in like November. No, October. It was still. It wasn't even Halloween yet. And I'm standing in line waiting to hand in, you know, the thing so I can get my return code and all that stuff. And all of a sudden, I hear. All I want for Christmas. And I'm like, it's not even Halloween. I took a video of it. I posted on my um, uh, yeah, Instagram story. story from yeah. I was so annoyed with that. I'm like, I never, <laughs> yo, I never hated hearing that song so much and I did this year. It was terrible. Yeah. It was so bad. I like the, the alternate versions of it. Mm -hmm. That was from everyone else because it was softer. But mm -hmm. every time I heard that one from Mariah Carey. Well, it's I overplayed cringed. now. It's I overplayed. Cringed. I cringed so bad. I was like, why are we doing this? Like, <laughs> and then Christmas ended so fast. Yeah, it, December definitely came and went. And unfortunately, I was sick all of Christmas. So, like, that was terrible. Oh, don't feel bad. So was I. Yeah. I got better right in time for New Year's. Literally. And then I made myself sick again. Oh, you got sick again? That sucks. I mean, I was working in a club for a night straight. Oh, so, so yeah. Every time someone was like, yo, you want to go smoke a joint? Yeah. Yeah. Mind you, I'm in a dress. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. And I woke up on January 3rd. <coughs> yeah. Out. Yeah. 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 And uh, it, Christmas definitely came and went. I was sick the whole time. It was a terrible experience. It was. But, but what I did like is that it forced me to rest. It forced because I'm such a workaholic. Like, I will just keep going and going oh, yeah. and going and going. So it forced me to rest and get. It and, and, everyone to rest. Yeah. Got sick. Yeah. Got sick at the yeah. And I was in It bed. was going around. Like, it was going around. Like, they all thought I died. Like, I wasn't picking on my phone for nobody. Mm -hmm. I was like... Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was him. <laughs> Just out cold. I was done, yeah. Yeah. It was worse than getting high. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't even smoke. It was yeah. terrible. Yeah. But, um, going back to you, right? Yes. Because we're reaching the end of the time. 100%. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to go into your support system. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the motivation videos. Yeah. And I want to talk about the worthy family. Yeah. Where did all of that come from? So, you know, the worthy part, I guess I need to touch on kind of where my name came from. Um, so my name is Note, spelled K-N-O-W-T-E. Um, and, and that sort of comes from a plan where it's actually from, from my mom suggested that I name myself that I changed the spelling. Um, but it comes from a play on words of uh, 
knowing more or finding more through music. So you take the K-N-O-W from no, then add the T-E from no, the regular music, um, uh, and combine it, you get no. And then I remember I was at a lunch table in high school and they were like, oh, you know, you should call yourself like, like noteworthy or like some, someone that's noteworthy. And I was like, you know what? Like, I really, really like that. So I made my Instagram handle that and was like, okay, I'll be noteworthy. I'll go by note for all my music, but on Instagram, it's catchy. It's easy to remember. Noteworthy, easy to remember. Um, and then when I was a junior in college, um, I was seeing all these motivational videos on, on Mondays, you know, motivational Monday. Um, and I realized like, okay, that's great. You know, start the week off with some good energy. But what about when you are halfway through the week and you have another half to go? Like, who's picking you up then? So I was like, you know what? I think I want to do Wednesday motivations or midweek motivations that help inspire people to finish out the rest of their, you know, work week um, or finish out the rest. Exactly. Exactly. And so... Um, I put that out and I realized I got such a, a, a great response. People really needed it. And I, I'm, I have a core value of family. Um, family is the biggest thing to me, um, which is why like, I really enjoy being part of MLM because like, that's such a core value um, as well. And so I never wanted to see the people who rock with what I do as like supporters or fans that make them feel kind of here. I want you to feel part of the journey because the only way I'm able to do what I do is because you are coming out and supporting and listening and all that stuff. Um, and so I, I always treated them as family and worthy is all about knowing your worth. That was something I struggled with. So as somebody whose main goal is to make people feel at home, make people feel like they have a community or a family they can go to, I wanted to remind them constantly that they're worthy. They have worth no matter what. No matter what someone tells you, you have worth inherently because you're a human being on this earth. And if, if, if you don't have family out there, you have family here. So you are the wor- part of the worthy family. And that's sort of where that all came from um and I, I love each and every one of them um and very thankful that like they feel like they're part of this bigger community because that's been the goal from day one so love it i love so there's not many artists and i've spoken with mike about this literally right before we actually did this interview that can take their following mm-hmm. and turn it into something tangible mm-hmm. And when I talk about tangible, I'm not only just talking about how many heads you bring in, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because I love the strategy he's planned for all you guys, but you're not overperforming. Because that's the problem we have in today's yeah. scene is the oversaturation of people performing. Mm-hmm. You know? And then also the cockiness about it. Right? <laughs> yeah. Think if I could perform at any venue in New York, I could perform anywhere. Mm-hmm. You could perform anywhere, mm-hmm. but if you don't bring the following, what are you making of this? Exactly. What are you doing? Yes. But with you guys, and you particularly, because I'd be creeping on your Instagram, um, you not only cultivated people to engage with your post, 
you know, mm-hmm. you've given them a outlet to talk. Yeah. You made their voices heard. So when you do go decide to perform, mm-hmm. you will have all those heads coming yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing. And it's not seen often. Yeah. You know, your connection with your audience is, in my opinion, is the most important thing to an artist. Right? Mm-hmm. 100%. You've learned to leverage the social media and real life and make it something for you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. No, I, I, I appreciate that. I Like I said, that's been the goal from day one. And my goal from here out is to just make the family bigger. The more, the merrier, the more voices, the more people, the more experiences, the more backgrounds we can have um, in this family that we're growing like that. That's that would be amazing, essentially. My final question. So, yeah. four, so several EPs for album. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did my research. <laughs> What's next for you? More records. Um, I'm working on a, a bunch of songs um, as we speak, actually. Um, I have a bunch of demos that I've been putting together. Um, Loco and MLM, um, you know, they, they'll be helping me sort of dissect and really elevate them uh, from a production standpoint and capitalize on some of the things I've set up in the past coming into MLM. Um, so a lot of new music, a lot of new records, um, and what I'm really excited about, um, is more performance opportunities in 2024, uh, cause we hit like a super major milestone, um, when we performed the Mercury Lounge, uh, back in November of last year where I performed with a full band for the first time. Uh, yeah, it was the greatest thing in the world and I will never go back. <laughs> um, it, it, it is such a fantastic um, experience because it, it pulled everything that we've been building this whole time into one moment and accepting that like, you know what? I'm more than just hip hop. Like I like to quote Lil Uzi, like I'm a rock star. Like that's what we're you gonna do from here. Where that's what we're gonna do from here here on out. And that that's what I'm super excited about is to take everything we've learned and just capitalize on it to the umpteenth degree. So Yo, that that literally on my bucket list is uh, a crowd dive. Like that that is a performance bucket list item for like, me. That is something just as, as a whole I've always wanted to be a part of. See someone I know do a crowd dive. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I used to crowd surf all the time when I was in high school, and I was much smaller. <laughs> um, I used to crowd surf all the time. Eh, I, I, I'm 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 sitting at a cool 180 back in high school. It was like 140, so like people were able to like throw me up. Now, <laughs> uh, if I jump into the crowd, it, like they're gonna catch me. They have no choice, but. <laughs> I feel like that's a doorway because when we're in high school, we all, I mean, not except me, I was a fat little fuck. <laughs> you know, I was raining really like 200 pounds. I'm down to 220 right mm. now, bro. You, you look like, for, sorry, you no, look, you're, good. you're still a child. <laughs> and you look like you had from, if, I bet you if you showed me a former photo of you, it doesn't look like anything changed. So you could go crowd that. No yeah, problem. yeah. Nah, I'm, I'm going to make it happen. That yeah. That's for sure up there. Not like the mean girl singers. They fall or they down. jump. Yeah, yeah, no, I got to jump in. Yeah, yeah, jump in. Yeah. You got to go careful with your head, but jump in. That yeah, shit. yeah, nah, it's going to happen. It's it's literally like 
been on my list. I know my, my fiance would not be thrilled for me because she always gets nervous when I do certain dangerous things. I know my mom would be like, what are you doing? But it, honestly, like, that's what makes a show. Like, that's what makes a show. So um, it's on my list. I'm going to make it happen. Man, I'm actually sad this is all over. <laughs> like, I spent weeks, I spent, like, the last three weeks preparing for this, and now I'm so sad that it's over. But yeah. uh, thank you so much for Thank you for me. having me. I'm so glad I got to hear your story. I'm so glad I got to hear Meg's story and Lady Bree. So shout out to all of you guys. If you are watching this, I hope you enjoyed our MLM takeover. If we had enough time in the day, we probably would have interviewed Mike Loco, but he's probably looking tired right now, so we'll go save him for another time. <laughs> um, plus, I would have to do my research because I found out some things today I didn't know. Yeah, he got a lot of stories. You got a lot of research. <laughs> no, I know. I actually tried doing research on him when he started wanted to start talking and working with me. Yeah. But I was like, damn, there's too much information. <laughs> You need an encyclopedia just for him. I'm, I'm going to take his word for what he's saying. <laughs> too much. But um, for the masses at home and the 50,000 people that in, in the arena that will be watching us, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on all social media platforms at note underscore worthy, K-N-O-W-T-E underscore worthy. I also worked hard making myself marketable on Google. So you can literally just Google my name. Um, and I'm one of the first things that pop up. So K-N-O-W-T-E, all streaming services, anywhere you can get music, download music, play music. I'm there. And I hope to see you there. So, guys, it's your homegirl, Ivy. Remember, catch us everywhere, www.wildzonenyc.com. Please follow the gang at MLM Entertainment. Uh, they're always posting. They're always on the move. Um, come with SmackDown on SmackDown, courtesy of Ramble Mania Show. Catch us on Elgin Sound Radio. Catch us on Pulse Radio 2.3 FM. We are powered by Bold and Luscious Cosmetics and Just Blaze Organic Hemp. If you see us anywhere else, it's a motherfucking lie. But we're going to end this night with Unchecked. This is Welcome to the Raw Zone. Welcome back and welcome to 2024. Don't you ever leave me on your chest.
with eyes that play the die for the bed inside All do my thoughts feel sad to rise Reruns my mind, speak one at a time I'm fine, the voices they cry Usually somebody do the distance I can't trust me, we do the sinning And tell me I'm wrong, they come and choose the spirit they choose the earth, if I knew it was You don't think I wouldn't do the first I search your earth, I burst this work You can stay complaint and reverse the curse And return to merge, it's the best version You've earned, deserved, it's your turn to turn the table Don't ever be unchecked, darling. I just need to break from my head and my stress. Not intended.